Thank you for letting me speak today. Um, thank you to Mr. Goldie and the Encounter uh, crew for giving me uh, just a chance. I'm looking up at the clock. I got 24 minutes. Ooh, Kobe Bryant. It was meant to be. I have 24 minutes uh, to speak to you guys um, and just to share some stories. Um, I hope that some of the things that I share are relatable to you um, and you can take a couple nuggets away um, from this conversation that we have. Mr. Burka had a chance to speak a couple weeks ago, and he kicked it off with a picture of his family, and that was well-received, so I would like to try the same thing. Um, we'll see if we can get to the next slide. So here's a picture of my crew. Um, thank you. We took some pictures this fall, um, and there's my wife, Betsy, in the middle. She's awesome and amazing. Kaylee's in the back middle. Um, she's a first grader, seven years old. Josie over there on the right-hand side is your classic middle child. She likes to be goofy, and she's four. And then we got Sylvie, who just turned two after Christmas there. Uh, so it's a fun bunch. Uh, but being a parent is really hard. You think, uh, you kind of start to figure things out, but every kind of couple months there's a new challenge that pops up. Um, and one thing that my family has struggled with is getting ready for bed. We're amped up after the end of the day. We just finished dinner. We love to run around, but it's like we got to get everybody in their pajamas. We got to have everybody go to the bathroom. We got to have everybody brush their teeth. We got to figure out what book are we going to read. Can we get three kids, seven and under, to agree on what book do we want to read tonight? Who's going to pick that out? Who gets to sleep with what stuffed animal? What pajamas are we going to wear? Do we want long sleeves? Do we want short sleeves, shorts, pants? It's a, just a hurdle to get them to go to bed. And one thing recently that's been um, really hard was just getting them to go to the bathroom. It's like, I don't want to have to wake up during the night because you wet the bed. And so we're just going to make sure that everybody goes to the bathroom every night before it's time for bed. And my daughter Kaylee there in the middle, she was not always a fan of that. She's like, I don't have to go. I don't want to go. I'm like, you need to do this. I'm challenging you. You need to go to the bathroom so that I don't have to wake up at 2 o'clock and change your sheets because that's not how I want to spend my time. And so I was trying to think, how can we make this a fun thing that you are excited to do? And my answer was a song. So my daughter and I wrote this song a couple years ago. The song is called, We Go Potty Every Night. And we still break this out. I would like um, the back, you guys can kick it off. This is something that we play when we have a hard time. The words are, We Go Potty. You can bob your head a little bit. That's pretty good. That would just be a silly song where like there's something that we don't want to do. There's something that's tough. Yeah, clap it up for Kaylee. <laughs> clap it up for Kaylee. She was the star of that song. And that was something that we had to maybe play every once in a while to say, nope, let's go dance on our way to the bathroom because we need to go potty every night. That was something that was a challenge, but we found a way to make it fun. And so today, uh, my message is going to be about challenges that we face. Um, what are some things that arise that maybe um, cause us fear or cause us to doubt or cause uncertainty or to hurt? And how can we prepare ourselves for some of these challenges along the way? Um, and now I know that we're all in different seasons of our life. Some of us might be in places where things are going really well. It's the start of a new semester. You're happy about 
what class you're signed up for, you feel like you're connecting with friends, your sports season's rolling, al rolling along well, or you're getting excited about some opportunities that you have in the spring, um, and things might be going really well for you, and that's amazing. Others might be in a place where you're a little bit uncomfortable, where maybe you're in the weeds a little bit, where maybe you're having some rocky relationships with friends, or maybe you feel like already homework's piling on top of you and you can't figure out how to make your Google Classroom page work. Uh, maybe you're having a hard time communicating with parents. Maybe there's coworkers at your job that are making you stressed and you have a hard time interacting with them. And I get that we're all in different places. Some of us are happy, some of us are in places that are a little bit more challenging. And so for those of you that are in the weeds, I would say hang in there. It's a season. It'll continue to get better and hopefully things will improve when you come out on the other side. For those of you that are doing all right and doing okay, I would say how can you use this time to grow? How can you maybe use this lull in the busyness and the stress to be an opportunity for you to maybe strengthen and sharpen some different skills? Um, one of my favorite stories is about a man named Ernest Shackleton. So he was an adventurer, an explorer. He was a guy who would go to places no one had been before and map certain areas. And one thing he was really passionate about was about going and trying to walk across the last uncharted continent of Antarctica. And so back in 1914, he tried to get a crew of men to join him to go across this continent. And he put this out in the newspaper. He said, men wanted for a hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, a safe return is doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. How many of you right now, if you were just perusing through the want ads and you saw this, would say, hey, sign me up. That's something I want to do. I want to spend some time in the cold. I want to spend some time in the darkness. I maybe want to risk my life for this because I get a chance to be a part of an adventure. He actually ended up getting 26 other men to join him on this adventure. They made their way to Antarctica, but before they reached the continent, their ship got ice jammed and their ship got stuck and they couldn't make it to the continent. They ended spending up just short of three years on their boat and on their icebergs, having to deal with the different resources that they brought with them on their trip. They had to go hunting for seal to survive, and it was a really trying time. Um, Ernest Shackleton ended up putting together a life raft and sailed 800 miles to an island just using the stars. Guys, this was the time before like cars were even a thing, so there was no really te technology on their ship. Um, this is what it looked like when it was stuck. And they ended up sailing 800 miles to an island where there were people there that could help them. Um, but I keep thinking back to that call. If I were living in that time, maybe I have a family, maybe I don't. If I see that ad, is that something I'm interested in? It gets me a little excited. Um, but I have good news that for today, we are challenged and called in a very similar way. Imagine if Jesus said something like this. I'm looking for believers for a journey that lasts the rest of your life, where your patience will be tried, where you will be tempted with pride, and your anger will be tested. Perseverance will be required. If you read something like that and see something like that, how many of you would want to raise your hand and say, ooh, sign me up. I want my patience to be tested. I want to see if I have perseverance. That sounds challenging. But as Christians, we know that the life 
that Jesus calls us to, to live and to do is going to be challenging. I had a really cool opportunity um, to sit in encounter with you guys just last week and hear Mr. Beckering share. And I'm really lucky that I get to go after him um, and build off of some of the things that he talked about. He brought up this verse from Matthew that says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This verse highlights the idea that living a Christian life, living a life of loving God and loving others, is not the mainstream way to go. You might need to do things a little bit differently than your friends. You might be tried and tested around different corners. And so with that in mind, knowing that the life that we're called to live and the life where we'll find the most joy is going to be hard, we need to find ways that we can acknowledge the challenges that are going to be in front of us. And so quickly, I'm going to go through a couple different um, ideas that actually students brought up. Towards the end of my um, classes last semester, I asked a lot of my students, what are just some obstacles or what are some little bits of adversity that you face trying to live the life of a Christian? And here were kind of the main themes that popped up. One was reading the Bible and praying. And that's an easy one that I think a lot of us think of. Or it's not an easy one, but a common one. Where it's like, hey, how can you get better in your faith? What are areas where, you're, where you want to grow? I want to read the Bible more. I want to pray more. This is a tough one because it's a moving target many times. I wish I could stand up here and say, hey, if you pray for 45 minutes a week, you will feel connected with God. That's the perfect number you need to get to. Or if I could say, if you read five chapters of your Bible every day, you'll have the wisdom that you need. You'll be able to share that wisdom to other people, and that'll kind of check that box, and you'll be all full for the scripture reading that you need. But it doesn't work that way. It's hard to know how much do I need. There it was. Dude, that was going to happen at least one time. It's what I do. Um, but reading the, Bi- reading the Bible and praying is something that we want to grow in. And sometimes we find challenging to find time to do. The next one would be just finding quiet time. Again, building off that theme of deepening our relationship with God. Do we find it a challenge to find those quiet times? Church attendance can also be tough, especially as a high schooler here at Southwest. You attend Encounter. You go to D groups. You have service days. You have Bible class. Do I need to go to church? Is that something that we feel called to do? Sunday mornings, is that my morning to sleep in? Do I need to go to church or do I need to go to youth group? That can be a tough one. Trusting God in uncertainty, not knowing what's down the road. Sharing faith with others. This is definitely a a tough one. Being able to develop your relationship with Christ strong enough that you feel able to share that and introduce that to other people can be really tough. For our last two, worldly distractions, getting caught up in what is popular, what culture is doing, um, what's trending, um, we often get pulled into, and then finding joy in other people's successes. And this is a big list, but I would bet that all of you here looking at this list, we could find one or two things where you'd probably nod your head and agree, that one's tough for me. That one's one where I know I maybe need to do a little bit better. Um, So here's... Um, kind of a big idea to maybe take away from these challenges and how you can kind of prepare for these things. Um, I love this quote a lot. It says, do hard things when they're optional so you can do them when they're not. So again, if you're in a place where you're feeling comfortable, you're feeling like, hey, I maybe have a little bit of wiggle room. I have some area in the margins where I can maybe test myself. 
I would really encourage you to do so because personally, I've learned a lot by putting myself in situations where I'm a little uncomfortable or I've faced adversity. And I can see direct connections on how my life has improved and how I've been able to connect with God and how I've been able to follow God um, in an honoring way because of some of these different challenges um, that I've done. So I'm going to share some challenges with you here. Um, the first one is running 22s. Now, if you've ever done our strength and conditioning class before, chances of you running a 22 is probably pretty good. A 22 is when you need to run two down and backs of the basketball court within 22 seconds. If you don't make it in 22 seconds, it counts as a miss, and you run these 22s every minute on the minute. So after you finish your 22, down and back, down and back, you have 38 seconds to rest, and then you need to run another one. And back when I uh, coached basketball, Mr. Avery and I thought that we would never make our athletes do something that we wouldn't do ourselves. And so we started running these every season. Um, and I've tried to make this the annual thing that I do. And these are really tough. And this, um, I ran some 22s at the beginning of this school year. And I got to say, it was the hardest one um, that I've done. Um, I was in the gym early, our first day of teacher workshops. Got there, had to turn the lights on in the building, got to the gym, warming up, starting to run my 22s. They're going really, really well. I get to number 18. So you have to run 22, 22s to pass. I get to number 18, and I don't make it on time. I hear my little buzzer go ding. I don't make it. Immediately, as soon as I miss that one, a little voice in my head goes, oh, that's too bad. You should just quit. I'm like, oh, like I probably could. There's no one here watching me. There's no one here cheering me on. No one even knows that I'm running 22s this morning. I could just kind of be done. Um, but I had 38 seconds to make another decision. Am I going to get back on the line? Am I going to try to run another one? Or am I just going to kind of mail it in and be done? I decided, yep, I'm going to run another one. So I ran number 19. I ran number 20. Even after number 22, that voice crept up again and said, yep, you've run 21 of them. That's enough. That's good enough. You got your workout in. You did something that was a little tough. You can be done for today. But I was like, nope, I got to do one more. How familiar are you with that little voice in your head that maybe says, ah, you don't need to do that, or that's enough, or maybe it's a positive little voice that says, hey, like, you should probably do this, and maybe you ignore it. But how often are you hearing this voice? How often are you setting yourself up where I maybe have to do something that goes against my natural inclination, where I have the wide road where I could do something that's easy. I could sleep in. I could hit snooze eight times. Or maybe I'm going to take the narrow road and I'm going to get up early and I'm going to get up when I'm supposed to, when I intended to get up that night before. I think setting up opportunities to have a conversation with that little voice makes that voice more familiar. So the more and more that you encounter it, you've seen it before and you're able to say, nope, I'm going to do the right thing here. Or I'm going to step out in my faith and I'm going to strike up a conversation with this person because I know that that's something that I'm supposed to do. But how often do you have that conversation with the little voice? Is that something that you thrive in and you're able to maybe win or do the right thing? Or is it something that maybe creeps in and you're able to maybe not listen to that as often? Another challenge um, that I did had to do with food. Mashed potatoes is maybe one of my favorite food items. I love mashed potatoes. Get a nice slab of butter in there, some salt, some pepper, amazing. Unfortunately, that's not mashed potatoes. That would be mashed cauliflower. 
Um, I, for 21 days, did the keto diet where I had to limit my carbs under 25 grams a day. And that was very hard and very challenging. 25 carbs adds up very, very fast. But I was like, I want to do a challenge. I think I would feel better doing this. But I was like, oh, maybe I can make some adjustments. And I made mashed cauliflower when the rest of my family made mashed potatoes. I had to steam and make the cauliflower, blend it up. And that was something that I had to do. Another challenge uh, that I did last year was no furniture. So I went a whole month where I didn't sit in a chair or sit at a desk um, for a month. The only exceptions were my bed. I was able to sleep in my bed. I was able to sleep at, or I was able to sit at a chair at the dinner table because I felt like family time was important. I needed to have those conversations. And then I also allowed myself to sit down at church just because I wanted to be a part of the congregation and I wanted to be able to kind of sit and focus in during those times. So those were the only three times that I could sit down. Every other time I had to be on the ground or I had to be standing up. Um, during this month, um, we had many meetings as a school. We also had parent-teacher conferences. So you can imagine like parents coming into a room for conferences and I had a little high top table that I was standing at and they had stools that they could sit at. But I wanted to do this um, challenge because I wanted to increase my mobility a little bit. But the biggest takeaway that I had from these two challenges was the idea that sometimes discipline makes you feel different. Very often I had to make my own meal. One time we went to Pizza Luce, shout out to Pizza Luce. My family got pizza. They ordered these amazing big pizzas. I couldn't have the crust, I couldn't have the carbs, so I ordered a hoagie with no bun, <laughs> which is like the worst thing to eat. There's like toppings, some sauce, some cheese, and so I had to like say to the waitress, like, yep, I would like to order this. But I had to step on, like, that was probably a weird order and I had to be different. When I would go to the teacher meetings and I would have to sit on the side on the floor, I'd have to kneel at a table and explain things, that felt different. But are you guys okay with being different? When was the last time where you voluntarily kind of was, felt all right to kind of step out and to do something that maybe went against the grain a little bit? We know as Christians we're called to live a peculiar life, we're called to be different. Are there other areas in your life where you can practice being different? One last challenge I'd like to talk about um, was the challenge I did a few years ago where I did the 4x4x48 challenge. And uh, this one was popularized by David Goggins. Um, he's the guy that carries all the boats. If you hear about carrying the boats, that's him. And for this challenge, um, you run four miles every four hours for 48 hours. And so this was a tough one. Um, we started at 8 o'clock at night on a Friday, and at 8 o'clock at night we ran four miles. At midnight we ran four miles. Four in the morning we ran four miles. Eight in the morning, four miles. Noon, four more miles. 4 p.m., four miles. And that continued on for two whole days. So it was kind of a, obviously a challenge. Um, shout out to my wife for letting me do that because um, that was something that was trying on our family, having to get up during the night and go run and be a little bit tired during the day. But I was luckily able to do this with my brother-in-law, Tyler. So shout out to Tyler. He was my running partner. He lives right across the street. And I would not have been able to do this without him. Um, I knew that he was going to be there at the end of his street, ready for me to roll around and being ready to go on another run um, with him. And I definitely learned the importance of community. And the question that I would ask you um, is the idea of who else do you know is going on that narrow path with you? 
Are there others that know that you're choosing to live on that narrow path? Are there people that are going to help hold you accountable? Are there people that are going to help give you support when you need it? If you start to fall off a little bit and you don't maybe show up to youth group or you maybe aren't engaging as much with your friends, is somebody going to notice? Is someone going to say, hey, what's going on with this person? How can we support them? Or how can we find out what's going on with them? Do you have that community that's around you? On the theme of community, um, I've been really into trees recently. I've been really into bonsai trees. I know that sounds weird. I got a bonsai tree for Christmas that I'm really excited about, and I love learning about trees. And I learned a cool fact about redwood trees. They're the tallest trees in the world. They can grow from 350 feet to 400 feet tall. Um, But the key to having a, a good, strong, tall redwood tree is in its roots. And the roots for redwood trees are actually a lot different than most trees. You would think having a tree that towers 300, 400 feet in the air, like, man, those roots have got to go way down deep, ground them in to make them sturdy. But redwood tree roots only go down about 6 to 12 feet deep. That's very shallow. If you look at the ratio compared to how tall they are, it's very, very shallow. Instead of going down, redwood tree roots go out to the side. They can stretch out for 100 feet in either direction. So looking at a picture like this, you can see these tall trees, their roots are shallow, but they branch out and they actually interlock with each other. And so by the support of other trees, they're able to make sure that the other trees next to them are staying healthy. And I think that's an amazing metaphor with how we're called to live. Are we living in community? Are we living in a place where we're able to support each other? and rely and depend on each other when things get tough. So when thinking about some different adversity that might hit you down the road, do you have a community that's going to be there in store for you? Maybe you could do a challenge with a friend where it's like, hey, maybe we're going to go for a run every weekend for six weeks. You get to know that person a little bit better. They they start to depend on you a little bit more. What are some challenges or what are some things that you can do in your daily interactions to help build a community that's going to be uplifting? Another little bit of advice would be the idea that we know that living as Christians is going to be very challenging. The Bible tells us that. There's verses about how there's going to be trials of many kinds. We're called to pick up our cross. We're told to choose the narrow path. Challenge, 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 adversity here and there, everywhere. When you think about some past encounter messages, we've heard from faculty and other people about how they've lost loved ones, how they've dealt with sickness, how they've dealt with areas of great questioning and trying to figure out why they are where they are and what's going on with the life around them. And I can tell you this, you guys are going to face adversity at some point or another. Whether that's, maybe you're already, again, in it right now as high schoolers. Maybe a lot, maybe some of you have really dealt with really tough things and really challenging places where maybe it causes you to question. And if you haven't, they're coming down the road. I remember watching a UFC fight one time, and this fighter went out there. He's kind of new onto the scene. He goes into the first round of the fight, and he just gets beat up pretty bad, takes some bad shots to the face. He comes back to his corner after the first round, and I still remember this very clearly. His coach kind of yells at him, we knew there would be blood. Like, we knew we would bleed. And the fighter's kind of like nodding his head, yep, yep, we did. We talked about it in training camp. We knew we were going to get popped a couple times. He didn't go limping back to the corner, 
kind of like, oh, I, I got hit, I'm bleeding, I got to be done, I'm out. He knew that there would be adversity. And so having that foresight to see there's going to be some tough times coming down the road. The Bible tells us that. We can talk to other Christians and what they've experienced and that there's going to be challenges that have hit them and that will hit you. But what are some ways that you can develop a community around you? And what are some ways that you can test yourself now so that when those real trials and real adversity hits, you're prepared for that? If any of you have questions about some different ways to maybe challenge yourself, whether that's something that's physical, something that's nutritional, something silly like no furniture, maybe it's something like committing to reading your Bible or prayer. I was just having a conversation with Dr. Carlson just on Monday, and you guys are so fortunate that you get a chance to go to class where you talk about ways how you can really pour into Scripture and how you can really build strong routines to do those things that help you when adversity and challenges come. I want to be your cheerleader for those things. And so if you have questions, please let me know. I'm not like the perfect accountability for the whole school, an accountability partner, but if you want to let me know, hey, Mr. Haig, I'm trying this, or I'm going to start doing that, I really want to be able to help you out. One thing that may be possible for you, and then we'll wrap it up, um, would just be the idea of more kind of constant prayer. Think of some things that you do every day, whether that's brushing your teeth, driving in the car, having a meal. How simple might it be to put a little post-it note on your steering wheel where every time before you leave your driveway or you leave school, that post-it note is just a little reminder. Maybe have a couple minutes of quiet, a couple minutes of prayer. Maybe every time you finish brushing your teeth, there's a little reminder there. Have a little moment of prayer. Just a few things you can put around to remind you to kind of help do those things that'll encourage you and strengthen you when you face uh, some trials. Let's do this to finish up. I only know how to break class or break encounter one way, and that's with the huddle. So imagine we're in a huddle. Let's all put our hands in the middle just like this, closing out our huddle, hands in the middle. And I'll pray for us, and we'll break it down. Dear God, thank you for this special place like Southwest. Thank you that it is a place that allows us to grow. It allows us to fail. It, al it challenges us. Classes can be hard. But thank you for the people that are in this space, that are in this building, that want the best um, for these students and for all the people that enter the building. Help us to live a life that's honoring to you, that when we face tough times, we don't crumble, but we're prepared for them. And through that adversity, we honor you. We're thankful for this time and this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Here you go, stars on three. Everybody together, stars on three. One, two, three, stars. There we go. Thank you.